You're listening to Table Chat. I'm Erin. And I'm Rachel. We're full-time dietitians and part-time pizza slash taco enthusiasts. <laughs> this is our show where we talk food, nutrition, and whatever else we feel like. So come sit around our table and chat, because the more you know, the more you can eat. Hey. Hey, Erin. <laughs> so before we get started, we want to give a very thankful shout out to the Central Arizona Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. They are a local affiliate of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, which is the largest organization of dietitians and nutrition professionals in the world. world. The world. The world. Yeah. So we were recently invited to speak at their kickoff meeting about podcasting and creating a brand for yourself. Yes. And we both love educating and talking. Two big reasons why we started a podcast. (laughs) And um, we're so grateful for that opportunity that we had to chat about our journey. So thank you so much, Mm -hmm. Central Arizona, for having us at your first um, meeting for the new membership year. And thank you to our new listeners who have reached out since that conference. So on today's episode, we are going to focus on how we both have built healthy relationships with not only the food we eat, but also the people we care most about. We're going to discuss our best tips for building and staying close with family, cultivating friendships, and even share with you how we both met our significant others. Oh boy. And we both have weird, weird stories. We do. Okay. But first, let's eat. Since this is a relationship episode, we thought it would be the perfect time to share an awesome recipe by one of our internet friends. <laughs> Her name is Leslie, and she writes the blog Cardamom and Rye. Yes. But Rachel, how do we know Leslie? So I I first met Leslie during a food writing workshop with Molly Weisenberg, and during the class, I really felt like Leslie was an honest storyteller and a really wonderful writer. And we have since stayed long-distance friends. Mm -hmm. And um, Leslie was actually one of our original listeners. She has supported us since day one, truly. I think she listened to our show before our own moms even (laughs) did. (laughs) And so we're very grateful for our relationship with her. And all of you other listeners should be friends with her, too. She is not only a talented cook and writer, but she is also a school psychologist in the Pacific Northwest. It's very, I think that's very cool. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I meet a lot of school psychologists. I don't either. But that's really cool that she does that. And she says that she started her blog so she wouldn't drive her husband too crazy talking about food and new recipes and instead could share them with friends and in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, She actually does a lot of gluten-free, dairy-free, and often vegan recipes on her site. Um, Though she has said, she said to us that her blog is really more centered on sharing purposeful recipes and then adapting those recipes further so that all of her friends and family um, can join in. Uh, She says that she has several friends with Crohn's disease and food allergies, and she's dealt with some issues with gluten and dairy herself. So we will link to all of her social media in our show notes for today on tablechatshow.com. So you can go be friends with her. You can find more of her recipes and pictures of her super cute golden doodle. Yeah, she's cute. (laughs) But until then, what recipe did she create and share with us? Leslie sent us a recipe that she modified from Heidi Swanson. Um, She's of 
101 cookbooks fame. I mentioned this back in our favorites episode. So this recipe is called the market salad. And this is what Leslie wrote to us. She said, it's super quick to throw together, healthy and very flavorful. It's best during late summer. So we're kind of in like, we're kind of right along there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sort of. (laughs) It's best during late summer when fennel, carrots and kale are in season. I used multicolored carrots to bring in some fun color to the salad. The thin sliced fennel gives the salad an interesting twist and it's tossed with the garlic avocado oil um, dressing that's creamy yet light. It's always a crowd pleaser and it holds up well the, the very next day as like a filling lunch with some extra quinoa mixed in. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. Well, it smells so good, right? When you were, so you, you're recording at my house today Mm -hmm. and when you were making it, I just kept saying it smells so good. (laughs) Oh, truly. And there's, I love the garlic in here, but I think what makes it so cool is that it's so pretty as well. Mm -hmm. Like you use, um, I use carrots and I, I ended up buying the multicolored carrots and you, what, how you, you make the salad is you basically make ribbons of the carrots with like a, a vegetable peeler mm-hmm. and um, with kale and quinoa and this super simple dressing. Um, I just think it's kind of perfect for a lunch or dinner. Cool. That's kind of it. And then there's yeah. kale. Yeah, there's kale, quinoa. Um, those carrots I mentioned. There's also fennel in here, which I think is a really interesting touch. And yeah. and how was it preparing the fennel? Well, I think that was the part that wasn't the easiest for me because <laughs> I have like a handicap with with like thinly slicing fennel. Okay. So I tried. I tried to make them really it, thin. It looks thinly sliced to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I think it was really. Other than that, super simple to make. And do we say there's quinoa in it already? Yeah, there's quinoa in it. Cool. Oh, and some um, almonds, sliced almonds. Yeah, sliced almonds on top as well. And Should we? Uh, wait, did you have anything else to say? Otherwise, I really want to try it. <laughs> there's nothing else. Let's okay. just eat. I'm hungry. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, it looks pretty. Mm-hmm. It looks like a salad you would get at a restaurant. It really does. That's such a cool touch to use the vegetable peeler as well. Mm-hmm. Ready? Ready? Did you get a good bite going? Yeah. Okay. Ready? I've got the perfect bite situation here. Avocado, carrot, quinoa, kale. Oh, I just need like an almond. Yeah. I'm oh, wait. Fine. I don't have fennel yet. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's a really hearty salad. It is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, yum. I'm eating more of it, and I'm mm-hmm. like, mmm, more. So, I thought that the... Fennel might be a little overwhelming, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's more aromatic, I think, than mm-hmm. anything. There's a little bit of a bite to it, mm-hmm. but wow, really good, oh. really creamy. I think I might, I probably would add a, maybe a touch more pepper. Do you want me to get you some pepper? Sure, let's do that. Okay, here you go. Thank you. Mm. This is really delicious, though. I think that salad dressing is mm. something that you could kind of put on a lot of different things as well. Mm-hmm. And we, <laughs> to be quite honest, licked the blender basically. Yeah, we did. From which the salad was made. Mm-hmm. And it, we were like, this dressing is so good. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it's good on the kale. Yeah. And this is like, this is my favorite type of kale. This like dinosaur kale is what they call mm-hmm. it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh yeah, and we made the dressing in a blender, because she says she sometimes just makes it at the bottom of the bowl, but 
I decided just to like pulse it, make it creamy. Mm-hmm. So I used Rachel's um, little magic bullet. Yeah. Yeah. It was really handy. Mmm. Oh my gosh, Leslie. Mm-hmm. This is so good. This is really good. Oh. And you could add like another, like if you wanted, maybe like another protein with this too. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking salmon would be really good on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, fennel. And you, we talked about this earlier. I always see fennel with seafood. So mm-hmm. that would be good with this. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty with all of the multicolored carrots. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Same. Mm. Thank goodness to our listeners. I know. Because I would never come up with this by myself. Mm-mm. But it's so good. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just kind of like... So hungry. Having a lunch break. Yeah. Actually, I haven't eaten much today. We've been running around. Mm-hmm. Wow. We are really so just unable to focus on no. anything else. Never mind. Should we rate this? I mean, I know mm-hmm. what I'm going to rate this. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to five. I'm sorry. I just put a huge bite in my mouth. Oh, that's okay. I've been talking with my mouth full mm-hmm. this whole episode. On a scale of one to five, I would give this a five. I'm giving it a five, too. Oh, my gosh. I would recommend this, too. Mm-hmm. All of our listeners, you could add in different things. You yeah. could um, substitute things. Mm. Yeah, you really could amp up. You could amp up the spices if you want. Mm-hmm. You could probably play around with some spices. You could make a different dressing. Right. If you don't like kale, you could try a different leafy green. Mm-hmm. Really, so many ways to improvise. I like the avocado in it because the dressing, like she said, it's creamy but light. Yes. And the chunks of avocado that you added in, though, give it, like, that extra creamy mm-hmm. feel to it. And you need that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yet another way, like, look, there's, like, no, there's no dairy in here. There's no, it's like, and it's just a dressing that you made yourself. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, should we... Oh, finish eating. eating. We'll be back when our mouths are less full. Yep. And when we've stopped being on cloud nine from the salad. Thank you, Leslie. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Cue the transition music while we finish eating. (laughs) So let's get into it. An episode all about relationships with food and with other people. We've chatted all about our shared food philosophy way back in our intuitive eating episode. Um, And if you want to know more about intuitive eating, go ahead, pause this episode, (laughs) and we encourage you to go listen to episode five. Yes. It's really good. But if you've already listened, let's dive into what that relationship with food actually looks like. We were prompted to talk more about this from a recent article from a fellow dietitian, Lisa. And she has a large following on social media, and we'll link to her in the show notes. Um, Her article on this relationship with food was featured over on the website nutritiouslife.com. The topic she discussed focused on the differences that can be found between disordered eating versus having like a full-blown eating disorder like anorexia or bulimia. So briefly, because this could be a whole episode on its own, what is disordered eating and what does that look like? So there are several signs and symptoms, including rigidity around food and exercise regimens. Maybe like you don't want to eat out because even though you would be hanging out with friends, you're going against what you've set in your mind that you need to do that day. 
um, having feelings of guilt and shame when making what's considered to be quote-unquote poor eating decisions. Maybe it is that you are worried you'll feel guilty going out to eat with friends because you're less likely to make a choice that would be quote-unquote safe for you. Um, A preoccupation with food and your body that causes stress and negatively impacts other areas of your life. Extreme dieting and misusing laxatives, diuretics, colon cleansers, and a denial of physical hunger and satiety, usually for the sake of losing weight. So our friend Lisa goes on to say that we live in a very much eat this food, don't eat that food society that always contradicts itself. Case in point, hashtag avocado toast, like (laughs) the hugest thing since sliced bread, right? But then the next day you'll hear on social media and the news, avocados make you fat. They're full of fat. So there's so many mixed messages that you hear on a daily basis. And that can make it really hard to be a dietitian. Oh my god. Because yeah. we're constantly combating this. But fun fact, you make about two hundred to three hundred food choices per day. Holy cow. That's a lot, right? Yeah. This is really a case for individualized diets, obviously. Without a clear understanding of what a food does to your body, that confusion only intensifies. Yeah, that's really true and such a great point. Um, You know, and it's also important to point out that while disordered eating may seem like less extreme and maybe doesn't put you in danger, there's actually an even greater impact on your mental and physical health. And, you know, food gives you the energy you need to get things done. Mm -hmm. We talk about it on our show. Yes, that's what we preach. It fuels your life, but it doesn't have to rule your life. And I think that's the thing to remember between the two. Um, There's a lot of life to be lived, and to waste it on feelings of guilt and shame that only really makes that stress grow stronger. Mm -hmm. So to round this out, Rachel, what's your top tip, if you had to pick one? (laughs) Just one? Yeah, for building a healthy relationship with food. Like, how has that looked like in your life? I, I would say that my top tip is that if you are really struggling, like with some of the things that we just mentioned, seek professional help. Mm-hmm. Have someone who is trained to be a moderator between you and your obsessions or your emotions or addictions help to find balance and truth for you. I will be the first to admit I've gone to therapy um, during my life and When you're on your own, it can be really hard to see what in your life, what little traumas have triggered your beliefs or your emotions or your feelings towards different things as an adult. I also have found that having a healthy relationship with food in my own life looks different every single day. Some days I eat more than normal. Some days I eat less than normal, maybe not enough. But avoiding guilt and shame over both of those extremes has been key in having a balanced, healthy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. I also, just in general, practice avoiding negative self-talk or engaging in someone else's negative self-talk. I try to encourage positivity, not so much because I am this uber positive person. Uh I have my days, but I know what my negative thoughts can look like, and I don't want to be in that space yeah Mm -hmm. that's really powerful and I definitely agree with seeking help you know I I was also 
in the beginning, I actually was very against having someone help me out for the longest time. <laughs> but just having that third party person to talk to, like as a neutral party, is such a great release. You know, they can help you start to figure out those triggers, like you said. Um, and you know, my my healthy relationship with food, like yours, it looks different every single day. Um, one of my clients actually recently asked me, um, well, do you ever struggle with overeating? Well, of course I do. You know, <laughs> that's actually what normal eating truly is. You know, some days you eat more, some days you eat less. It's those emotions and the change of environment and the stress mm-hmm. that get in the way sometimes. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, I don't live in a bubble, you know, going off of what you said about positivity, like there's lots of things that can disrupt that happiness, positivity, you know, zest for living a healthy life. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes wake up and I think, geez, my pants don't fit quite as well today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But instead of dwelling on that, I reach for something that I know is going to make me feel a lot better, like my favorite skirt, and I call it a day. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I choose to make my life positive. Um, you know, it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows, but, you know, you have two choices. Will it, you know, do you want something positive or negative? And what will make you happier in the long run? Yes, sometimes it is just putting on the comfortable clothes and saying, you know what, <laughs> I am perfectly capable yeah. of, of like dominating the rest of my day. Oh, right, exactly. Yeah, our bodies change every day mm-hmm. and we can't beat ourselves up and blame it on food. No, we can't. So now that we have talked about our favorite topic, food, <laughs> let's get into healthy relationships with family. Um, For more information on this topic, and just to give a little insight to some of our listeners, or all of our listeners, (laughs) (laughs) um, I reached out to my close friend, Yelena Galibov. Um, She is also a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, She's a clinical manager at Jewish Family and Children's Service of Arizona, and also in private practice as well. That's cool. Yeah. She's a good friend to have. <laughs> yeah, lots of good advice. Exactly. Um, so we decided to choose this topic because we're both in our mid to late 20s. Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Mid. Mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would be fun to talk about because it's such a transitional time period yes. of your life. Oh, my God. Like, you grow up with your family, but how do you establish that healthy relationship now that you're older and you're doing your own thing? And again, we're not talking as if we're experts. Mm-mm. No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> exactly. We just want to bring up some good advice from someone who works with people on the daily, you know, and how to build this in their own life. Um, and I know my relationships are far from perfect, but it's all about progress. Yes. Yes. And one of the main things that Yelena mentioned was being balanced. Don't we love that word? <laughs> being balanced with the boundaries that you set. She says you don't want to create a brick wall or at the other opposite, an invisible line that will inevitably get crossed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But perhaps, I like this analogy, a chain link fence, (laughs) something that you can see through, but something that clearly delineates the separation. Mm -hmm. This can be super scary and sounds hard, and sometimes it is, Mm -hmm. but it's more on how you communicate what you want to do and when you do it. Mm-hmm. You want to stay assertive. People might be offended. This is something Yelena told us, mm-hmm. but they'll get over it. Only you can tell family what boundaries should exist. Mm-hmm. And it's also going to look different for everyone. Like most 
things and relationships in life. (laughs) And I know for me, like, I've always been a fairly independent kid, and my parents have encouraged this as well, specifically to be independent financially. And I moved out of my childhood home when I was 18 years old, and as my dad said at my college graduation four years later, you should be proud that you put yourself through college debt-free. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I started graduate school, which was, um, for me, it was a master's degree combined with the dietetic internship. We mentioned that in our first episode ever. And for the nine-month portion of the internship rotations, I could tell from my budgeting and planning ahead that I wasn't going to be able to support myself independently while paying to work for free as a dietetic intern. It was like quite the predicament. Um, This was something that I had to work through actually with a therapist, the decision that I was going to move home after being independent and on my own for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, If I can be frank, um, after all that time being financially independent, suddenly it was like becoming a child all over again like dependent for food and living and support and it was hard I had to balance being an adult who was living with adults who happened to be my parents and we had to we had to talk about boundaries we had to figure out you know I had been living solo and I wasn't used to telling people where I was going or what my plans were and suddenly honestly the best like way to put it is I felt like I was in high school again and like had a curfew (laughs) right right so in the end it worked out great and I learned a lot but it required those boundaries and communication and I did move out as promptly as possible (laughs) I think after my first day of work as a dietitian I drove down the street to a nearby apartment complex and I signed a lease (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Yeah, mine's kind of similar in the sense that I moved down on my own pretty early on when I was in college, so I think 18, yeah, Mm -hmm. and it was kind of an abrupt transition. I remember my family at the time was living in California, so my mom and my stepdad, and my family's kind of all over, so I think I've gotten used to, like, you move and you try to make it work with, Mm -hmm. like, phone calls and visits, um... But at the time, I just knew for me that it was appropriate that I stayed here and I made it work in Arizona. Um, And so I think from there, it it was almost like a signal to my parents that like, oh, okay, I guess she wants to do this on her own and she wants to be independent. And um, but I think sometimes that can come (laughs) kind of like what you mentioned. It can come with some issues because sometimes I think that I don't I try not to make myself be too independent in the sense that. I can't take the time to like reach out to family or mm-hmm. like connect with them on a regular basis. Like I live really, I happen to live close by, um, you know, within like a 45 minute car ride with mm-hmm. my mom and my stepdad. Cause your parents have since moved yes. here. Yeah. Okay. They've moved back to Arizona and then my, my dad lives across country. I have my sister across country, like, um, and other family across country. Mm-hmm. So I just make it like, we, I almost just make it a point like every month I have to like kind of schedule it for myself of when am I going to call my dad? When am I going to talk to my sister? Um, am I, am I being a robot and just texting? You mm-hmm. know, everyone enjoys conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I just make it a point then to really connect with them. 
And, like, with my parents, luckily, like, I can go down and visit them or we can have dinner together and those types of things. And you just kind of make it work. Um, like, recently, my dad visited for a week, and I had to work a lot during that time. I was doing mm-hmm. some consulting and stuff, and and that was okay with him because he knew that that was my life. Mm-hmm. And I w- really appreciated that because he was very understanding and wasn't, like, you know, you have to throw everything aside to be with me for that week. You know, mm-hmm. we'll have time. You know, we'll connect. Yes. So, yeah, that kind of stuff helps. Okay, so now that we talked about family, what about friendships? Mm. One thing that I've noticed, and I'm not sure about you, in this short lifespan on Earth, <laughs> is that it can often get really difficult to make friends the older we get. So, like, why is that? Well, like, think about when you were a kid. You could become instant pals with someone because they wore the same shoes as you, shared crayons (laughs) with you in school, or liked tacos like you. Like, (laughs) it was literally like you had one thing in common and you were good to go. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we make sure that we can maintain good relationships with the friends that we do have, like right here, right now? Right now? Okay, so for me, like growing up and in recent years, I've connected best with girls who had big plans. Mm -hmm. I loved sharing ambitions and goals and supporting each other in our own endeavors. This actually, though, had an unexpected consequence. since since we do have big goals and big dreams, we have since scattered across the globe to do the work we felt born to do. <laughs> so like, you know, my good friend Michelle, she's busy right now traveling the globe and she's cooking and eating as she goes. My good friend Sophie is currently working in Mozambique doing oh international development. Wow. My friend Alicia has moved everywhere. She supports her husband who's in the Navy and she works herself as a nurse and they have two kids. I don't know how they do oh it. <laughs> and my friend Maddie is literally in a new place every day dancing and being her weird self <laughs> and just being so cool. Yeah. And this is just a few of my close friends that I'm using as examples. So I try my best to stay in the loop of what they are doing and not get too caught up in my own busyness because that's really, really easy to do. Oh, yeah. Um, So typically the way that I'm keeping those relationships strong is obviously through texting. Social media, I think, can be a really powerful tool. Oh, yeah. A positive force in keeping you connected with people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll call people, though, admittedly, I don't really enjoy talking on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Like, at all. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, whenever we are in the same place, it's kind of, like, understood that we make it work to see one another. I like so, that. I so like even that. if it's just, like... Hey, I'm like, you know, my friend Sophie, when she is visiting in Arizona, is usually staying at her mom's house who still lives here. And so it's like, I will literally come hang out at your mom's house while you're like doing laundry, you know, because it's like (laughs) I'd rather just talk and see them. Right. Or we'll go out and like grab something to eat or get a pedicure or just like sit and talk outside somewhere. I like that. It doesn't have to be like a huge event. No, it doesn't have to be formal. You don't have to really even pay money, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, I would love to eat a meal with just about anyone. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just nice to talk and hang out. Yeah, I like that. 
Um, I'm kind of similar. You know, I've always been a big fan of quality over quantity when it comes to friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I am an introvert, as I've said in my personalities episode. But I like to keep those good friends tight. And maybe they're just not as many. Um, and it's interesting to say you connected best with girls who had big plans. <laughs> I kind of feel the same. Like, I'm, I actually admittedly don't feel that great at small talk sometimes. Like, Oh, I'm bad at it. I just want to dive deep. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate people that can do that. No, it's like, tell funny. me about the most unusual event you had in your childhood. Yes. And someone's like, I literally just met you. Right. I can't I remember your first name. <laughs> right, right. That's so funny. It brings me back to when we first met. Cause we, oh, gosh, we, we went into it. Right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just found that it helps, you know, and all my friends are very unique, and I enjoy that. Um, it helps conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talk about a lot of things. I think... Um, it just it helps to feel like like you're just picking up where you left off mm-hmm. for the next time that you meet. Yes. Um, and yeah, social media is such a blessing, I think, because you can just see what people are up to. Like, I have a lot of friends that are pregnant this year, and so I'm ready. I'm ready to see all your babies. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited to meet everyone. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, just taking the time to like meet up with people, like I am still recovering from like this crazy ass intense strength zumba class i just took with a friend um it's hard to sit on the toilet right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what's your top tip for making friends or being social okay this goes back to i am also that introvert (laughs) and i i think don't be too weird until you know how weird they are too yes yes and and if you unleash your weirdness in full force and it's not well taken move on ah it's like you said like you want to have at this stage in your life quality friends who have your back who know you really well who know about like i said your weirdness and your struggles the things that you're good at and they like you for all of those things and i don't know i think when you're making friends as you're older you want you want it to be like pure intent like don't have an agenda like you know if I get closer to this person like they have whatever this advantage or they are in this place that maybe I'd like to be soon like right you got to take that all off the table and just simply be someone's friend oh that's such great advice thank you (laughs) yeah I you know I don't really have anything else to add I think it's just more of like also knowing that everyone feels nervous about meeting new people Mm -hmm. you know so just think of stupid little things it may seem stupid to you but like you compliment them on their shoes you how do you know so and so like Uh just just don't take it too seriously i think i think people go into it way too like oh my god i have to like everybody and everyone has to like me Mm -hmm. so yeah don't worry about it (laughs) exactly Okay, and our final topic about relationships is how how can we have a healthy relationship with our significant others? And also, if you're unattached, how can you build a healthy one when the time comes? Um, and on the topic of relationships, Yelena mentioned that it's really going to look different for everyone. Always. always yeah, very always. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What is common, you know, all around, though, is ensuring that you're in a safe and comforting relationship. 
you know, being with someone that makes you feel respected and loved, but also knowing at the end of the day, there may still be arguments. Right. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Having those rituals or traditions that only you both do, little quirks, nicknames, et cetera, et cetera, are all important for developing that inner world Mm -hmm. where you, you talk to each other, you don't fight on an empty stomach or before bed because those are both bad scenarios. Don't do it. Own up to your mistakes, which is really hard to do oh God, yeah. when you don't like being wrong. And, and of course, being sincere. All of those little things add up. So, Rachel, <laughs> I've been excited for this question. How did you and AJ meet? Okay. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat. <clears throat> so, AJ and I met in honors physics our junior year of high school. No way. In 2007. Wow. So um, what's funny is I was not supposed to be in that class. I had signed up for this. um, It was like a college credit environmental science class. um, And then ended up being placed in that class and I was like well if I'm going to be in honors physics I'd rather be in this other hour that my good friend was in and we called the school and tried to get it switched and they couldn't switch it until after the first day of school and I'll never forget my mom we were sitting in her room she's like just go maybe there's someone you're supposed to meet in there yeah like very like motherly oh my god very weird coincidence yeah and so I go to the first day of class and I saw AJ, and I am 100% not a believer in love at first sight. I think it's silly. <laughs> Don't think it's true. Sorry for people more romantic than me out right. there. But I did just, like, have this attraction to him and was like, he seems cool. Yeah. And I remember the that first day differently than AJ does. He remembers it being that he was saving a seat for someone, a mutual friend. And I sat down in that seat and he was like, hey, I'm saving that seat for McKenna. And I was like, I want to sit next to McKenna. And I just turned forward and didn't move. And he said his first impression of me was like, who is this sassy girl (laughs) who is just doing whatever she wants? Right, right. (laughs) So I don't remember that being the first day. I feel like that was like the next couple days after that first day of school okay i don't 100 percent remember it's a little foggy but i do remember that interaction just being like no i'm not moving i can sit here if i want <laughs> so um that was when we were 16 years old we were about to turn 17 what? which is weird because at that age you think you're so old oh boy, and yeah. now i'm like we were just babies we're still babies yeah but We ended up being friends for a year. I stayed in the class, even though I, like, almost failed it. I was not supposed to be in that class again. Oh, man. It was rough. Yeah. Um, But um, after being friends for a year, we started dating for a couple years. Um, We broke up for three years. uh, And we've been back together for what will be four years with the new year in 2017. Holy cow. Yeah, quite non-traditional. I like it though. <laughs> you guys are cute too. Oh, thanks. So, how about you and you and Jason? Yeah. So Jason and I, we met through mutual friends um, during college. So, like, I guess for me, it was sophomore year of college, freshman. I don't remember. That's the thing. I only remember the year. I don't remember what 
college, what part of college I was in. Okay. So 2008. Um, we were actually both dating. Wait, were you in college in 2008? Yeah. Oh, okay. I started, well, I graduated um, high school in 2007. Okay. So I started September of 2007. Okay. But we're mm-hmm. closer than age than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped kindergarten. Oh, okay. I, I think I repeated kindergarten, so that about <laughs> adds up. <laughs> continue (laughs) so i am not a genius um we were actually both dating other people at the time Mm. um and so this gets so awkward when i tell the story because we didn't like steal each other from other people um (laughs) yeah we we always say that when we hung out in a group though like in a big group of friends that it just seemed like that the both of us always ended up talking to each other like we would go to a party or something like that and we would instead of me hanging out with this boyfriend that I had at the time I would be hanging out talking to Jason like uh-huh. so it was just kind of like just happened and so we actually ended up breaking things off with those respective people that we were with and then um we kind of didn't really hang out anymore we didn't really see each other and through the power of social media Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, through Facebook messaging, we connected again, just of like, mm-hmm. hey, how's it going? Um, just, I, I think I was just, I actually remember being the one reaching out and just saying very bluntly that like, hey, I really like you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just like, boom, get it done. Oh, wow. And so I remember Jason saying that he really appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, we went out on our first date. We went to California Pizza Kitchen. So oh. romantic. <laughs> and then we went to see a movie. And I think we were almost late to the movie because we just talked the whole time. And, and then we got, um, we were together for a long period of time. And then we got married in 2013. We were babies. Uh huh. I was only 23 when I got married, and so yeah, yeah, that's our story. <laughs> yeah, I like your story. So, how do you take the time to maintain and build that relationship with your with AJ? With your AJ, with so your AJ. <laughs> so we definitely push each other out of our comfort zones, and to be honest, our entire relationship has been very much about battling hardship and hurt feelings and differences and overcoming those things. I mean, like I said, we do not have a traditional love story. No. At all. No. Um, and like with being together and then not being together and being back together, you know, you've experienced different lives and yeah. you're coming together with all of that stuff and trying to, while at the same time, like move forward, also deal with the hurt that came from initially breaking up and where you guys have been well apart. And we also, I think too, it was a really difficult breakup that we didn't want to go through. Mm -hmm. So for those years we were broken up, it was still like missing each other and wanting to be in each other's lives. Yeah. So we've had to work through that. Um, so I think what some advice that we got from somebody that we really look up to, he had told us to, to really build a lot of good, mm-hmm. to build a big pile of good so that when the times are hard, we have that to hold on to. And so I think part of our building good has been, like I said, getting out of our comfort zone. So when AJ gets back into town right now, he's out of town for a medical mm-hmm. rotation. 
we're going to get scuba certified, which kind of scares me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we've biked on mountains, and that scares me. Yeah. And we've had tough conversations. And we really had to look at how our own relationships and beliefs impact our relationship and life together. Mm-hmm. And so just really not being afraid of being uncomfortable and being challenged and just being each other's best friends. Like AJ yeah. is totally my bud mm-hmm. and our relationship is not perfect. I know people have said to us like, oh, you guys just seem to get a well get along so well, you know everything just seems to work out and it's like nope we've had to fight really hard for this and we've had to overcome a lot of really to be honest like shitty things but I I feel like if the world were ending tomorrow I'd want to be with him and that's what motivates me to maintain our relationship oh sob over here so tears um that's so I love that I really love that um I like the word, I like that you said the word challenge because I think I can totally agree with that. I haven't had to deal with the long distance though and the breaking up and then getting back together. Yeah. That's incredibly tough. Like, I don't even know. It's like garbage, right? (laughs) But like, um, like Jason and I, we don't see eye to eye on everything. Like, and I think that's like this misconception that like to be with someone, you have to agree on everything. Right. That's totally not the case. No. Like, we challenge each other, we, you know, but we also still joke around with each other and we're pals before we were to anything together, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, and I think the thing we, we, our challenge sometimes is that we got together pretty young, kind of like you guys as well. And I think people always ask, or maybe they like kind of find that, like, this comes in conversation sometimes. It's like, you know, are you, do you feel like you're going to be missing out on anything or are you settling? And I see. I don't see it as settling. Like, I, I just know in my heart and in my mind that this person has everything that I want right now, you know? And I know that we're going to grow, but I know that we love growing together. You know, we love seeing each other through challenges and we love seeing each other through triumphs and the good stuff and all the bad stuff, you know? And he's the only person I would want to do it with. Yeah. Yeah. And, And to go on further with what you said, like even if you were to form a relationship with someone later in life that doesn't right. mean you're not going to face mm-hmm. hardship oh my gosh, injury yeah. disease like right. anything could happen like losing a job losing a family member right. and like we talked about earlier those are all triggers that are going to bring up maybe emotions you've never had to deal with and exactly. so you don't know what's going to happen <laughs> i i do have some reservations about people getting married really young oh yeah i do too but I, I think that it's possible to meet mm-hmm. the person that you want to spend your life with when you're younger and then you just grow up and figure it out. Yeah, I agree. So Do we have more stuff to say? This has been like more of a heavy episode oh gosh, than yeah. I imagined. Whew. Well, I guess like I, how can we end this? You know, what's our moral of the episode? I think the moral would be to be kind to yourself first Mm -hmm. so that you can love other people. Even if you don't want to be in a serious relationship with someone, maybe you don't want to get married or you don't want to commit to another person, that's fine. Those are all fine things. But every day we still have to interact with people. (laughs) And if you haven't taken care of yourself, I think it makes that really difficult. 
What do you think? Oh, true story. Put it on a bumper sticker. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much again for joining us. And thank you so much to Leslie again for sharing such a delicious recipe. Yes. Oh my gosh. We we devoured it. Yeah, I can't even speak about it. No. (laughs) (laughs) If you have um, any questions, maybe they're food or nutrition related, Maybe you want more details about our non-traditional relationships <laughs> and how we get those to function. Right. Or you just want to chat with us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you can reach us multiple places. Go to facebook.com forward slash table chat show. Like us there. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, both places we are at table chat show. Send us an email, heytablechat at gmail.com. And our website, tablechatshow.com, where you can find all of the show notes for today's episode, complete with the recipe and all the links. If we talked about any links, I don't think we did. No, we did. We're going to link to Lisa's article and we're going to link to all of Leslie's social media. Keep up, Gregory. Jeez, oh God. It's the salad. I'm just (laughs) dying. So anyway, no, it's dying over how good it was. Yes. You just can't function. You're still thinking about it. (laughs) Right. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you're feeling nice, we would love a review if you like our show yes yeah this helps other people find us and that means a bigger community and more friends for all of us to have yeah and i think in the near future people are definitely going to want to leave us a review oh yeah if you're still listening yeah more details to come Mm -hmm. but thanks so much for chatting with us around our kitchen table now go away go live go do your thing go love yourself and love your food and love others and catch us next time on Table Chat, the show that's... What's the thing about fennel? <laughs> the show that's rustically chopping fennel. <laughs> Bye! produce department i was like yeah <laughs> i gave us both like a pretty ample portion as well mm-hmm. i like ample portions i do too this is the only way to live oh my back i swear i'm the oldest person in the world <laughs> same i can't even sit down on the toilet normally. <laughs> that's how bad it is right now <laughs> i'm like an old man <laughs> i'm an old woman and an old man <laughs> And you're breaking your teeth. And I just on my tooth. Stop picking on me. <laughs> okay. How are we doing on time? Was that long? We are at 26, but that includes our, like, 30-minute lunch break. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>